1: what up raptor fans it's the wrap up live i'm your host aiden moss i'm joined by my compatriots orin weisfeld and kian Haddad. what's up boys what's up that sounded like a song what's up where you were you were rhyming what's up boys so a a rare resilient win. raptors 106 103 over the memphis grizzlies Um, I really, I don't know about you guys, but about halfway through this third quarter, I kind of felt like this thing was a wrap, just like a lot of the other games. It just felt like the Raptors were ready to fold. And there we were down the stretch led by Malachi Flynn and Thaddeus Young battling back. Um, uh, a very good sign. And before I go on, I just like to say, I missed the first quarter. Look, I am all for the NFL having a Pro Bowl to honor their guys. Go to Hawaii, eat a bunch of food, have some drinks, whatever. Play flag football, but I missed the entire first quarter because TSN decided to show it over top of the Raptors game, and that's just absolutely unacceptable. So I just want to, I just wanted to rant about that before we go. Anyway, general thoughts on the game, Orin.
0: That's. I mean, I was watching it on TSN, but I guess it was a different TSN number. That's rough, though. The Pro yeah. Bowl. I've never watched the Pro Bowl in my life. Don't really How see. could flag that take priority over anything? Yeah. Huh? Oh, yeah, it's flag. It's for, like
2: football now. It's not even an actual football yeah. game.
0: I heard the same <laughs> thing happen with the Knicks yeah. game, though. Um, but, yeah, I'm with Tomo. Like, this changes everything for the Raptors. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> this doesn't really change anything. Uh, <laughs> it, like... I, like, let's talk about the ending, because like you said, no one expected them to win. And we have like good reason to, given that the Raptors literally never have comeback wins this season. Like, they're the king of fake comebacks for a reason. They really never do this. They are they have a terrible record in close games. They never pull out the comebacks. So the this was nice possibly. to see. Yeah, but this is nice to see. But again, like Stephen Adams is out. Dylan Brooks is out. John Morant's out. Um. Not, not a whole lot to take away here. Like, it's funny, the Raptors went four on three on this road trip, but looked terrible doing it.
1: Yeah. Keon, any, any additional thoughts? Um, just adding on to that, um, this
2: was a pretty slow paced, grinding game from the start. I'd not expect for them to um, come out. They're one of the worst fourth quarter teams or one of the worst crunch time teams in the, uh, in the league with one of the worst records in games decided by five or less points. And I was not expecting for them to clamp down defensively. Uh, they forced a lot of misses at the end, secured possessions uh, that Fred play at the end on, um, was it Jackson or Jones when they had to challenge that foul? That was a great play by him. Just they play great Bain. defensively to end out that game. Bain, Bain it was on Bain, right? And, they executed a late game offense. They executed um, what to do when you're being fouled. Like they they took, which is like not something we should really be praising, but it's something we haven't seen much this year. And it's just It's good to see. And it shows that they're going a step
1: in the right direction. Yeah. So we don't have to go on. I, it feels like this is all kind of a lost cause, but we do have a responsibility to analyze the game and A couple of things. One is that we did, and granted Memphis is missing three key players, but we scored the bench 36-23. It was refreshing to see Nurse really uh, hang heavily on the bench unit and let them thrive, and let them thrive for a period of time. Like Often somebody will be playing well and it'll be like their time is up and they'll just get pulled um, for the starters. And they let like Thaddeus and Flynn play a good amount of minutes um, alongside Scotty, and they were rewarded, and it was ni- and it was nice to see. and And Flynn looked a lot better, a lot more confident. And it's like lo and behold, you give him eighteen minutes, and he can kind of find his rhythm, do the things he's good at. That few Raptors te- players on this team are good at, which is like penetrating and kicking and finding guys. And he did a good job of that. Thaddeus, same thing. And I think like one of the contrast, they were they led the com- the comeback, and I think a big contrast with them and what we were seeing earlier in the game is like again, just this slog fest of no one's passing the ball. Everybody's looking for their own shot. I swear to God, Scotty barely touched the ball in the first two and a half quarters because Pascal was forcing it, because Freddie was forcing <coughs> it. And uh, and and it was nice to see the ball movement that Thaddeus and Malachi and Scotty were creating uh, amongst one another.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah i like i i'm not gonna go crazy with the bench stuff because again they were playing the bench of the grizzlies without three of their starters so it's like everyone got knocked up a peg you should outplay this bench um credit to them for doing that especially boucher i thought he was really good thad was good too um but yeah to your point about like the offense just like it it looked so bad with the starters especially Uh, um yeah even down to the end of the game, when Pascal jacked yeah. up that pull-up three, yeah, it exactly. was a terrible shot. Um, and I've seen people on, on Twitter being like, why aren't they playing Scotty in the same role where they had so much success with him? Which was like when basically centers were dropping off him and he was running a lot of dribble hand-up stuff at the top of the key. He was basically a decision-maker in that kind of mark this all role. And... The answer is because teams aren't guarding him with their centers anymore. So you can't do that, right? And it's like, this is just, this is partly the reality of of the Raptors. I actually don't think it's like the Raptors talent level. I think it's more so the system is just failing them and like they're just divulging it to iso ball, which isn't so much the system as themselves. Like I put the fault on the players. I think it's both. Yeah, but I I, I put the fault on the players because just like, Just watching them is just, like, so pathetic. Like, everything is just done at half speed. You know, even the ISO stuff, it's done at half speed. Nobody's cutting hard. People are cutting all over the place. They don't know where they're going. Over
1: over, same thing.
0: But, yeah, the the offense has kind of reverted
1: in these last few games to pretty ugly stuff. I I really want to track – like, I just watched the Houston game this morning, and I I wanted to track – how how many times Scotty actually touched the ball in that game? Like it's it's it was wild. Even and for most beginning of this game, same thing. He's complete. Like it's not all. And it, it, this has happened before. It's not all that Scotty's disengaged. It's that he's not being engaged. He's not being catalyzed, and that's on the players. But it's also on the system. Like the coach, like Nurse, has to recognize that when Scotty has Tyus Jones post up and they look him off and swing the ball away from him that, like, needs to be addressed immediately. And they did get it back to him later on. But, I, you know, it's stuff like that that I, I – uh, it was the first time this game that I was just kind of like, I feel like I'm out on, the, on this starting lineup. Like, I really feel like they're out on each other. And there's just a general malaise that's kind of, like, infected this team for the first time that I've really seen it.
0: Yeah, if Keon, you don't have anything to say. Um,
2: I, don't, I don't have anything different. I agree with everything. Yeah. The offense looked slow. It looked like everyone was trying to boost their stats before the trade deadline. It didn't really have much rhythm to it.
0: Yeah. Well, well, shout, shout out, out. to Tesla um, for the two <laughs> comments. Damn, here for that hard-hitting nose-blowing. That was my bad. <laughs> Pascal. Commit more fouls than any other star other than Jaron Jackson Jr. Maybe. um.
1: Pascal, I mean, yeah, Pascal's in in the thick of it often too. It's not. I think he's asked to do a lot more than most superstars on the defensive end,
0: for sure. But I, yeah, he had some silly plays today. I would say, and he hasn't been great. But whatever. We're not going to talk about. It. Like, I, I just well, one to of those say fouls to is point absolute in.
1: BS. What? Sorry.
0: Anyways, I wanted to say to your point um, about Scotty in the offense and and I guess giving up on this t- and on this starting lineup. Like today, I've been writing about something where basically I'm just arguing that the Raptors should take advantage of what sounds like a seller's market at the trade deadline and break up their core. And a big reason for that is just because like I'm ready for Scotty to get more on ball reps, but who are those coming at the cost of, and this is with OG out that we're seeing Scotty not touch the ball very much. So to me, there's just too many guys who want the ball in too many similar positions um, for this starting lineup to really like, reach its full potential like for each player on it to reach its full potential. And that's kind of where I'm at is that like I'm ready to make a trade to just reshape the roster because, yeah, as of right now, there's too many guys who feel like they deserve the shots and have some reason to think that. But like they're just I mean, we've been talking about it all season. There isn't a clear hierarchy and whatever the hierarchy is probably shouldn't be the case because Fred and Pascal shot the ball both pretty bad tonight and but they still took like the majority of the shots which we've said a lot this season at least with like fred
1: yeah and i yeah i had a thought but it's passed me by but i do want to address that i know we're coming across as negative but i have to say and despite a win but i have to say like i i my positivity and negativity all year has been based on like how i'm seeing The games themselves and often I'm quite positive like I've held on to this don't don't trade this team don't trade anybody on this team for as long as I possibly could and frankly I'm still kind of there as I wrote about on Friday if we can build out a bench but I do think that it looks to me that like these guys have have just burnt themselves out like they've lost the that, and that's why I'm surprised by this win is it, it looks like they've lost their resilience. It looks like they've just kind of like they feel mm-hmm. like they've tried everything they could and it hasn't worked and they're just going to go through the motions now and keep doing the same things and end up with the same result. And I mean, that wasn't the case tonight, which I think was, is why I'm quite st- st- stunned.
0: Yeah, I mean a big part of that is Scotty, and I'll throw it to you, Keon. Just like what did you see from Scotty, especially in the fourth quarter when he really turned it on?
2: Uh, all game he was, uh, I-, I wanted him to get the ball more because when you're in this point of the season, we kind of know what this team is. You just want to see Scotty with the ball in his hand as much as possible just to see what he's got and how much he's improved. And I love that at the end of the game here, he took over. That that shot right there was really impressive over Jaron Jackson, who was blocking everything that night. He's a defensive player of the year. I don't want maybe front runner for defensive player of the year. He's Close to it, if not. And he went right at him for the game winning shot at the end of the day. Play before that, he takes a fadeaway over uh, two Grizzlies and makes it. uh it, It's good to see that he's ready to take over if needed. Now, I just want to see this, you know, across the whole game, not just him uh, doing the things we know he's capable of right at the end. But mm-hmm. in the, it's a positive for the offense. He looked great. He was passing great. He had a great. Um, uh, I posted the highlight of this. He had a great pass, uh, break, pass, bounce pass on the run to Precious. Like he, he has such a good vision for the court, and I just want to see him with the ball in his hands more, just taking over because he's one of the a few bright spots we have this season. Not to sound yeah. negative,
1: no, <laughs> it's sound no, it, you're totally <laughs> right, and I, again, that's why. Like, I think the onus is on. The system, the coach, the management, whatever, to like acknowledge that it's it's pretty evident that he gets and like uh, Jack talked about it during the game, like he he gets discouraged or like disengaged, and I think part of that is because he is being ignored as much as it is like he needs a little bit of like external impetus to get to get going, um, and and like yeah, and so it takes the like getting the ball in his hands and him seeing a couple of like good plays happen for him to get really get fired up and I don't think there's anything wrong with that especially at his age
0: yeah I I will say like the next step for him is to not be reliant on that and to demand the ball early in the game and to be aggressive going to the rim throughout the game but this is a thing like we talk about with almost every stars like it's the difference of Siakam and Giannis these guys being great is when they took that aggression to the next level so It takes years. And to your point, I mean, I'm not mad about it because it's the day before the trade. Like the trade deadline is coming, and I'm pretty confident things are going to shake up and Scotty is going to have the ball in his hand more the rest of the season. Who are your sources? No sources. That's just my gut. I trust my gut more than anyone. Uh, Top shot. How dare you say that about Michael Grange? Thank you again for the comment. Um, Yeah, we were in every game. He says, in every game this trip, we were in it is there variance in our record in close games? Like are we actually more of a 500 team if we get some of those W's? Well, yes, objectively, Um, but I, I think your question like are the Raptors talent level and, and what they've done this season more representative of a 500 team? Yeah. I think the answer is definitely yes. They've had bad luck this season. They haven't been able to close out games. They've had bad shooting luck, but what's a 500 team getting you like who wants to be a 500 team who has no upside doesn't you know it doesn't really matter to me the difference between the 12th seed and the eighth seed or the
1: ninth seed it doesn't matter that's how yeah but i mean i well i think there's like there's permutation to that right like you know, you get a couple of wins together and suddenly momentum mm-hmm. goes swings another way, I think. So there is something to be said for that. To, to there that. is, but
0: it just hasn't um, it hasn't looked like anything is changing in terms of their demeanor and in terms of like the process. The process is just still bad. So I don't care that they beat a couple of bad teams missing. Like if you look at this road trip, which is what I was gonna say. Almost every win came against a team who had their stars out, so it's just hard to overreact to any of
1: this. No, I agree. The rap, yeah, the- yeah, yeah. The Raptors have uh, like the I mean, 14th best point point differential like in the league. So the, I would say that, like, yeah, they're in, yeah in the league. So I think they're to answer Top Shot's question is like there is a variance here that's like could go either way very easily you know like we could be we could be saying that like this process or like what we're seeing as a whole is ugly but also be right in the mix of the eastern conference as opposed to not in which case no for sure approach the trade deadline would be markedly different
0: it might be but but this to the point about like the crazy stat differential like i was looking at this earlier today so their apps are now 14 and 18 in close games right somehow though despite that terrible record they have the eighth best offense in close games they have the sixth best defense in close games and they have the 12th uh, the sixth best uh net rating in close games so it doesn't even make sense i think a lot of it is the fake comeback stuff where like mm-hmm. yeah and stuff like that happened in the Bucks game where they erased a, a huge lead and stuff like that. But it doesn't make sense, like to, to the point about variance in the numbers. Are we ready to talk about Kyrie? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh,
1: yes. I think I finished all of my points.
0: Yeah, me too. Kyrie Irving <laughs> to the, to the, let me pull up Shams. By the way, had just been killing Woj recently. Woj, like it used to be an even match. It's kind of sad to see uh, Woj go
1: out this this way. But I can't. I I really can't wait for this to all go away. I la- I think you might have <laughs> mentioned this. I like how the WNBA announces their own yeah. signings. But do you actually think it's going away in the NBA anytime soon? No, I just I can't wait for when it does. Like, the, there's going to be a next innovation, and it's going to be yeah. like ChatGPT. Like, t- players are going to just submit their contracts to Chat ChatGPT, and they're going to re- report them from a central space. And Shams can go. Well, they could li- just
0: do that now on Twitter. That's why I don't understand why don't players I ever do that.
1: I don't. Well, I guess, I guess I think, they, yeah. they they feed them now so they can leverage them later. That's why.
0: Yeah. Anyways, for people who have been un- living under a rock, uh, Kyrie Irving requested a trade from the Brooklyn Nets because they wouldn't give him a four-year, $200 million max. Two days later, the, the Nets traded Irving to Dallas for Spencer Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney-Smith, and a 2019 unprotected first and, and second. 29. Oh, that that's in the past. A yeah. retroactive <laughs> pick. I'm living in the past, brother. All right, so... Uh, whoever ads whoever ads. wants to take it, what are your initial reactions of this trade? Keon, you go ahead. I've been talking a lot.
2: Um, I'm actually really excited to see how this works because it, it's such um, it's a unique duo that we haven't seen a lot of players with that player comp play together a lot in the past, and I'm I'm excited to see. I'm excited that you know Kyrie's out of the East too, just for my Raptors bias. But I'm I'm excited to watch the Mavericks. All season, it's been, especially lately, um, Luca needs help. Luca's putting up 40 points and no one else in the starting lineups in double digits. We've all seen it. And now he has Kyrie Irving, and we saw him play with Harden for the very few games they actually got to play together, Kyrie and Harden. He was willing to take an off-ball role to play with him and let him be the point guard. We saw that when they were on Brooklyn. And I'm very interested to see how it's going to work in Dallas, and I personally do think it's going to work pretty well because uh there were uh, rumors right after that he was ecstatic to go to dallas i'm sure he's ready to make it work and no, i'm sure lie. <laughs> oh, you think so that's a lie yeah yeah that's just a lie um, but I, I
0: agree with everything you said about the encore fit but there are mm-hmm. there are quotes of Kyrie saying the same thing about boston about yeah. uh cleveland about the nets so yeah. i just don't believe that
2: but my worry is, is he just going to leave for the Lakers in the offseason? And if okay. he is, then did they just give up too much for half a season of Kyrie? I don't know. But we said the same thing. Everyone said the same thing about the Raptors when they traded for Kawhi Leonard. They gave up all this for one year Kawhi. It didn't matter at the end. It's it's universally seen as a win for not, uh, now.
1: Aiden? I, I mean like you said because it's in the West I don't really care I don't think this puts Dallas over the top but especially like defensively I'm very worried on their behalf I'm really interested on Brooklyn side like I don't think they're done obviously if you and my my worry is on the offensive end like Kevin Durant was already doing a, a lot for this team and now he's gonna be doing even more although Dinwiddie's a nice like you know uh lesser version of Kyrie but but their defense is could be pretty nasty like you could have Simmons at point guard and then Durant and Claxton although that's pretty bad shooting but then you have Dorian Finney-Smith and then throw in whoever you want um they're like I feel like Masai is probably very envious of that roster right now they got a ton of wings a ton of length a ton of They can have spacing if they want to put Utah or Seth Curry or Joe Harris in there. So I think like they did the best they could under the circumstances without like you know totally blowing this team up. And they have a lot more versatility now than they did before, which was like they had a ton of small guards. So I think uh, I think Brooklyn's put themselves in a pretty good position. It'll be interesting to see what they do next. Segway Oren.
0: Well, before we get into the Toronto side of this, I want to share my thoughts. <laughs> um, I think it's like a lose-lose trade for both teams um, because, like you said, like it makes sense on paper across the board. I think Kyrie with Luka is a great fit. People have said how Luka plays, in a lot of ways, similar usage-wise to LeBron, and Kyrie has played off that very successfully in the past. And yeah, to the, N- the Nets... Obviously, they lose a star, but they get a really good three and D player and they get, you know, um, Dinwiddie, who does 80 percent of what Kyrie does. So I think the Nets and they have this pick to shop now, this unprotected 2029, which they'll probably shop and get another piece. But the lose lose part of it is like both Kyrie and Luca are now, to me, just have fire under their bums. Like, I think it's only a matter of time before both of those guys ask out for KD it's like the guy i came here with to play with is gone what's keeping me here um maybe they build a good enough roster around him there but i think it's pretty tough and and he's going to see a lot more double teams without Kyrie and i just don't know if like unless again both of these teams kind of have to win the championship or else their stars are going to start looking around um And with Dallas, it's like, yes, Luca's young, but he you went all in on Kyrie Irving. You had one chance to go all in after the Porzingis mistake. And the guy you decided to take that risk on is Kyrie Irving, who is the most flaky superstar we've like ever had in the NBA. It makes sense on paper. They're fit. But I think. It's only a matter of time before Irving either does something silly, like sit out games or whatever for whatever reason, or like Keon said, he could just leave in free agency, which is worst case scenario for the Mavs. Now they've used all their chips to build around Luca, and they don't have Kyrie or Brunson or anyone. So,
1: I think it's a lose lose. Honestly, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of risk there. Top Shot Tesla just doling out the Sunday evening cash. Thanks a lot. He says, don't feel like they gave up that much. Wasn't Dinwiddie expiring. Plus pick wouldn't have helped on time with Luca. Dinwiddie doing 80% of Kyrie. I think the thing is, is that um, like you're saying, and Zach Lowe was saying this too, is like Dorian Finney-Smith and that pick was basically everything they had left. And so like to your point yeah. about going all in, like this, this is it. They don't really have any more assets to move out. Other than like maybe Josh Green, but that's like their only small forward who can play defense. If if Kyrie leaves in the offseason, like there has to have been some back channeling here and some guarantee. Like I feel like Mark Cuban the does not only give a way. Shit. He'll give him four no. four years. He'll, but would you give him four years, two
0: hundred million? You have to. You have to, you have yeah, to just if be a you make a trade. Be like, I don't care if you make this trade, you have to, but I wouldn't yeah. have made this trade because I wouldn't want to commit that much time and money to Kyrie. Like a year from now, why what says he doesn't request another trade? The the third or fourth of his NBA career already? Like, I just don't know why you would commit that money to Kyrie. He's like, I love him as a basketball player. As a human, he is not someone I would want to employ.
1: I, I think it's I think it's the hubris of Mark Cuban, and I, I, I think I think he thinks he can bring him here, maybe probably like Porzingis, and like convince him that this is the right place for him to be. Um, yeah, I think um, so. Like for, he might be for right. most franchises, huh? No, go on. For more, for most franchises, this would just be stupid, unless unless it was like a uh, Kawhi situation for half a year just to put you over the top. But I think with Dallas, yeah. like it's one of two or three teams that I like Kyrie you could see Kyrie being there for an extended period of time
0: it's possible it's possible but yeah um a the difference between the Toronto thing is that the Raptors didn't have someone they had to do everything to please in Luka and what was i going to say about about Kyrie and Luka i don't know i, I forget um okay
1: Cool. Well, what about it for Toronto?
0: Yeah, okay. So apparently Ooh. Kevin O'Connor wrote um, in a piece, one of the teams Brooklyn has been most connected to is the Raptors, who have tried to trade, who have had trade talks with multiple teams involving Pascal Siakam and OG Ananobi. The Raptors also had interest in Simmons in 2021 when the 76ers were shopping him. I can't get this through a Simmons older? conversation with this... a straight face. Uh, honestly, if they trade for Simmons, teams, right? No, I think this is a new piece. He's saying back in 2021, the Raptors had entrance in Simmons, which is true. Um, I will say Kevin O'Connor's reporting is not always 100% spot on. Um, okay, here we go. In, in terms of the Pascal Siakam and OGN and OB talks, like I just don't know if I if he's a trusted source for that for me personally. Um, But the, the Simmons stuff is true. So I guess... Yeah, it makes sense that Brooklyn would be in Toronto. They have that pick to shop. They have their own picks to shop. And they probably want to upgrade. And a guy like OG or a guy like Fred would make a lot of sense for them.
1: Ben Simmons, the new Toronto Raptor. No, no, no.
0: If that happens, you don't even understand what's going to happen in my household. Things are going to be thrown. Like, seriously. Seriously.
1: He's Who's just, out of the league first, Ben Simmons or Kyrie Irving?
0: Well, that's the thing, like yeah, either of these guys, they're the two most likely guys in the league to just retire and just be yeah. like, "Oh, you paid me, but I'm not I'm not going to stay here." Ben Simmons can't be a Raptor for so many reasons. And and a the Ra- the Simmons thing was before Barnes, right? The interest in Simmons was before they drafted yeah. Barnes. Like I just don't see them looking at this team and saying, you know what we need? We need Ben Simmons. That's just not happening. And I get like Brooklyn's going to have to pay real assets to get off his contract. He's literally one of the worst players, one of the worst rotation players in the league. I'll say it. Like Ben Simmons, the way he's been playing, he's terrible. Uh, One of the worst contracts in the league. So like you could get pick capital for taking on that contract, but I don't think the Raptors are interested. That's more for like a rebuilding team.
1: I'm quickly trying to think about other trades with Brooklyn other than uh oh, I ben think, Simmons. I think the one that makes
0: sense is Fred for like um that first round pick, let's say um Seth what's Seth Curry. Seth, yeah, or like Cam. Joe Harris or um who's the the three and D guy who they currently start who O'Neal. Um yeah, O'Neal. Royce. O'Neill is like a what about Cam OG a replacement. Cam Thomas. Yeah, sure. Like I don't think he's a Raptor easy player in terms of what they value. He can't play defense, but something around so that important. is the point of the trade. Like they need a point guard because Ben Simmons isn't gonna fill that hole. And I don't think yeah,
1: Fred would make a lot of sense. I don't think Brooklyn can offer anything more than another team wouldn't offer for either Freddie or OG. Yeah. So yeah, I agree. I yeah. I would be surprised if if they do something. Especially in division, blah, blah, blah. Like, it doesn't make a lot of sense.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think they'll get better offers for those guys than what Brooklyn can offer. Yeah. Maybe there's a three-way
2: with Ben Simmons. I don't know. I have a question. Do do you think Orlando gives a better offer than Brooklyn? For Fred? Yeah.
0: They definitely could in terms of their assets. Yeah. If they wanted to. But the problem also with Orlando is they could, they actually are a cap space team. So they could just sign them in free agency without giving up a lot of assets. So I would lean. No, I don't think they're the biggest threat to sign Fred. I think the LA them. teams are, are bigger threats to trade for Fred. I don't like think the there Clippers was a report be- that the Clippers, sorry, offered their 2029 pick and two pick swaps in the two first round pick swaps. Uh, as well as Terrence Mann and, and salary filler for Kyrie. And would they offer that for
1: Fred? Cause that's a better package right there. Yeah. If you give me, if you, if you give me those picks, man and, and canard, I, I think I'm in, I don't, I, I don't get the infatuation with man. Like he's actually older than one would think. And I, I, he's not really like a ball handler. Like he does get to the rim, but it, he's not a ball handler creator and he's not a shooter. So I don't really get the infatuation with him. I feel like he's been like lifted up in all of these talks, but I think he's you know a solid prospect. I think he's like twenty five. He's twenty. Yeah,
2: I just looked it up.
1: Yeah. So I don't know. I I st- I still think there's better. Like oh, Orrin, I upset Orrin about that. I still think that like if the Pelicans give you one of those wing guys. That's the best offer you could probably get unless Orlando wants to actually just act on Freddie right now.
2: I think the Lakers could probably the most likely team to put all their chips in the middle just because they were probably in on Kyrie and want to pair someone up, any point guard with LeBron with A D. And Fred seems to be at this time probably the best point guard option you could really bring in. Do at you the take a deadline?
1: Do you take those two first and Westbrook? that's that's the issue you
2: you might have to throw in Christie or Reeves or one of the one of their young players or a couple of them. I don't Do you, know okay
1: I'll give you max Christie are you doing it Christie two first in Westbrook uh,
2: probably not I, I I'm not in on taking in Westbrook if I'm being totally honest in that contract
1: <laughs> I think we trade. I think we trade OG to the Nets for Ben Simmons. We trade Freddie to the Lakers for Russell Westbrook. And we just like basically run World War One trench warfare style games where we just literally stampede the paint over and over and over again. Well, that's one we- way to tank. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't love I the thing is I don't think the Raptors are necessarily in the business of of building towards the future for nothing. Like I don't, I don't think, I I think the 2029 20, 20, 20, picks from the Lakers are valuable, but the Raptors are not on that timeline. I don't think, and so like just to get Westbrook and those picks is not enough for Freddie. Unless they're they're convinced they're going to lose Freddie, and there's no one else they, uh, uh, <laughs> unless Does Westbrook they're commin- expire this season, this I contract. Think, is, is- I think so. Yeah.
2: Oh, if it does, that changes my mind. I I don't know why I thought his contract was longer. If it expires this season, uh, that that kind of moves me closer. I might want Reeves instead of Christie, but Christie's pretty solid too. I take any of those two two first round picks. But
1: like, I'm not, I'm not in on Reeves, but whatever,
2: that's fine. Yeah. Really?
1: If you want, would Reeves, you take I'm Christie out. or Reeves? I don't watch. I like Christie mostly for the upside. Like I, maybe I have a bias to skinny white guys. <laughs> but or against skinny white guys in the NBA? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it was just me. But uh so I think I would go with Christy, but I, I'm not really interested in that package. I, I think it would be fun to have Westbrook in a Raptors jersey for for five months. Like it would kind of go in line with having you know Elijah on for a, a hot second, mm-hmm. Alonzo Morning Never, and like other guys that are like that guy was a raptor. Um was he,
2: was he part of that? trade that big trade that was a big deal the day Kawhi signed with the clippers where the story came out that they could have traded for like paul george and yeah you what paul george and russ and they had to give up siakam and fred yeah and the other was he (laughs) Mm -hmm. then yeah
1: that would be cool we could have had westbrook (laughs) yeah yeah we could have had westbrook and Kawhi if we had given up the right package
2: yeah and paul george
1: oh yeah that's what i mean yeah Mm -hmm. oh yeah that's right (laughs) That would have been intriguing. Anyway, I think we're better off that we didn't do that. So yeah. it seems like Oren has deserted us. I think to now is a probably a good time to call it. Um, Quick tax man? Oh, we got to do tax man. Do you, you want to uh, do the honors? Um, so everyone had a pretty even game.
2: I, I look at the bench. We'll give it do to it. Flynn. We'll give it to Flynn. Do it. I knew you were going to do it. We'll Good give, we'll give it to Flynn today. Five assists, five points. Doesn't pop off the stat sheet, but he came in yep. there and kept the Raptors afloat, which no one has done most of the season. So Zero you can do that. Numbers. You can do that. That's all you got to do. Just keep us afloat. And that's what I want to say. That. I,
1: I didn't want to say that about Malcolm. Like, I think people get on his ass for always jacking. But I think mm-hmm. he's been told that he's the shooter to come off the bench. And if he's open, shoot it. Like, I think it's pretty evident to me that he's not doing the pick and roll, like, pull up long twos anymore. That he's kind of – he's cut that out of his game. He's either shooting when he's open from three and missing, or he's penetrating. And, like, his his attack has been so much better. He's not getting lost in the forest. He's, like – uh, he's kicking at the right times. His pass creation has been so much better the last couple of months. And so, like, I think people are too hard on Malachi Flynn. I get that he's not that great, whatever, our bench sucks. But I really just don't think he's ever been given a proper, fair shot at developing into a backup point guard. Um, I don't think he could – I think he could be, like, a lesser Tyus Jones. I, I think he's going to get that chance. Yeah, I hope so. Season. He definitely has it. He just doesn't have the confidence – he doesn't have the leash, and uh, tonight was, a, I think, a good example of what he can do in limited minutes. But whatever,
2: he was making uh, some difficult passes today too, like yeah, some real point guard passes. Well, I'd love to yeah. see it.
1: Yeah, he, he's had a couple of those where he gets he 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 um, he jumps, which you're not supposed to do, but then he has like these great left hand wraparound passes to the weak side corner, which you are supposed to do, and he's done mm-hmm. that like consistently for some time now, and uh, yeah, so. Well done, Malachi Flynn. Probably the worst stat line for a Can-Am Taxman player of the game. <laughs> but that doesn't matter. That's not what's important to us. It's not about nope. the raw data.
2: Gotta watch the game.
1: That's right. So um, canamtax.com, they are our our beloved sponsors of the show. And they will help your small business or your personal tax challenges they will help you fix them all so go check them out at canamtax.com tax season's coming as I, i have said many times before as is march madness which i can't wait for but uh so yeah go check them out if you're in need and tell them we sent you okay yeah so we got a game wednesday toronto's finally back home after that long road trip out west uh, I believe they're playing San Antonio, I San think, Antonio right? Spurs. Is that right? Yeah, on Wednesday, conveniently bringing Pertle to the arena when they trade for him. Maybe speaking Maybe. of trades, special of trade, trade deadline show, we are going Thursday. to be live pre and post trade deadline. Uh, so come check us out, come ask questions, you'll get our immediate reactions the acumen and intellect that you would get nowhere else in Toronto, nationally, internationally, or otherwise. We will have it all. Raw emotion and everything else, so come check us out. Uh, But before then, we'll see you all uh, Wednesday night. Thanks so much for joining us. Have a good week. Ciao.